everyone. You're listening to Health Affairs This Week. I'm Leslie Erdelak. And I'm Vabren Watts. We're glad you're joining us. It's the day after Inauguration Day, and we have a new Commander-in-Chief. And I, I want to get your take on it, Vabe. But for me, I, I think it was a sentimental day. You know, it was a more muted celebration, of course, because of COVID and a lot of the security precautions in place around the Capitol. But what I saw up there was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of exuberance. And, you know, despite there not being any crowds on the mall or any parades, you know, I thought it was just this welcome display of unity that felt really intentional on just about every level, you know, two weeks removed from the riots uh, that took place in that exact same spot. So I think it was a good day for the country on the whole. I agree. I, I will say I was a little worried about how they will pull this off, considering the fact that there was not this huge crowd out there. And I'm going to say that it was executed, you know, just well. And I, I agree. It was a very historic day and a lot of, you know, historic moments that happened, particularly around the vice president. Yeah. And there were a lot of inspiring moments too. I know, you know, everybody's talking about her, but Amanda Gorman. Yes. The poet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was, you know, she was captivating. She read a poem called The Hill We Climb. And, you know, she's just amazing. And like to possess, you know, that much talent and to be able to write with so much clarity, I just thought her words were so fitting and so harmonious with President Biden's message. It seemed like both of, both of their speeches were about unity and moving forward, and which was needed. Yeah. And I, I hope too, you know, this sort of ushers in some relief from all of the partisanship and all of the really divisive rhetoric that has really become, you know, so commonplace. I thought the president's speech, you know, his inaugural address really met the moment, you know, like a lot of other people have have said and acknowledged the tough challenges that we're facing. And you know, two, you know, minutes after he was sworn in, um, President Biden's team took swift control of the POTUS Twitter account. I don't know if you saw this, but I did notice that. Yes. At 12.36 p.m., he tweeted out, there's no time to waste. And you got to love that. So let's take the words of our new president to heart and talk about some of the people he plans to put in charge of advancing his agenda. And before we get to the announcement this week that caught your attention, babe, we should note that while we know who some of Biden's nominees are, the only position confirmed by the Senate so far is the Director of National Intelligence. And it's sort of a fluid process, meaning that you know those decisions could come fairly quickly or not, depending on how negotiations in the Senate go. So federal agencies for now are being managed by acting officials. But think way back to when Biden was on the campaign trail. You know, he said his White House was going to look like the country, right? And so signaling his intentions to kind of put together the most diverse team of presidential appointees ever to help run the government, including 
at the Department of Health and Human Services where the Assistant Secretary for Health sits. So what can you tell us, Fave, about the person poised to take that position? Yeah, so she is Rachel Levine, Dr. Rachel Levine. She is a psychiatrist. And actually, um, looking her up, I realized that I have had working with her as it relates to an award for a particular psychiatry association. She you know, is, is from a, a, a Pennsylvania, and she is really making, has made huge strides, uh, particularly lately in COVID, but as well as like addiction medicine. And so she is a transgender woman, openly transgender woman. And this is a really big move for our nation's capital. You know, to put someone in in who had who is part of a historically marginalized population. And I know we talked about this before, Leslie. Representation definitely makes a difference. And then you, so you have the diversity, and then you have the inclusion. And the inclusion is to make sure that those people are at the table where you make decisions. And so, with that, I can just only imagine that you know, having her there, there will be other seats pulled up to the table of diverse populations so that they can make decisions, particularly on health policy, because there were, you know, there's always health policies around various populations. Like, you know, depending on what what health policies are being made, it can, you know, uh, impact each population differently. So it's good to have that voice there to really speak up on issues that may affect the population which they identify as. Yeah, I'm really excited to hopefully see Dr. Levine step into this role too. And for a few different reasons, I actually became familiar with her work through my last job at the Association of State and Territorial Health Officials, which is an organization that represents the health officials who are in charge of our nation's public health departments. And Dr. Levine, of course, as as you said, became Pennsylvania's Secretary of Health during my time there. And she sat on the board of directors before she eventually became the association's president. And she came and she had lunch with our staff and spoke really candidly about her background and some of those defining moments, both in her personal life and in her career, and of course, her time leading the Pennsylvania State Health Department. I'm also from a family of Pennsylvanians. So even though I've sort of moved on from following her work at the health department, you know, I'll periodically get these updates. And so Dr. Levine became a more recognizable figure, kind of a household name because of her role in handling the state's coronavirus response. And She has done remarkably well, I think, given the challenges that most state and local public health agencies are facing. And we hear about it all the time in terms of limited funding and the kinds of resources needed for this sustained pandemic response. But I remember hearing that when Pennsylvania announced last year in March that they were going to close liquor stores and suspend sales as part of the state's COVID restrictions at the time, Dr. Levine was one of the people who spoke openly about the effect this could have on alcoholics and on people with substance use disorders. And not that there was much time to think about an alternative, but 
I just remember thinking too, like, what a refreshing statement, what a compassionate and what an inclusive view to have to be worried about the effect of this decision on the health and well-being of a group of people who are so often just labeled and left out of the conversation entirely. So I think, you know, bringing that style of leadership to Washington is a great move. There's a lot of opportunity for the Assistant Secretary of Health to interface directly with health departments. And Dr. Levine knows firsthand she gets it. You know, she also understands what health officials need and the kind of strain environment that they're, that they're operating in. And the response, too, from the, the transgender community has been one of overwhelming support, I think. And, you know, with many people saying that this really does speak volumes and brings into focus why that type of diverse representation, you know, across all identities of race, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, why it matters. Yes, I will say that this current administration that's one day into office, they are very intentional about uh, diversity and inclusion. And they are really intentional about making sure that everyone is at the table to really get the perspectives and the experiences of different people in the United States. And there are a lot of other positions too, you know, you, you sort of alluded to this, but there are a lot of other positions that are going to need to be filled over the course of Biden's term. And he does seem set, you know, from day one to kind of deliver on that promise to make his administration largely representative of the American people. And so I just want to talk about how he's accomplishing that. You know, women, of course, are slated to fill several high-profile cabinet positions. And naturally, we think of Kamala Harris, but there's also Janet Yellen, who'd be the first woman to run the Treasury Department. And Avril Haines was just confirmed last night. She'll be the first woman to oversee the U.S. intelligence community. You know, but look at some of the other nominees. If confirmed, we'll see the first Black Secretary of Defense with Lloyd Austin. There's Mayor Pete for the Department of Transportation. Javier Becerra, who we've mentioned before on this podcast, whose parents are Mexican immigrants, would lead HHS. New Mexico Congresswoman Deb Holland would run the Department of the Interior as the first Native American woman to head the agency. You know, so there are a lot of other people in the administration too. And Marcella Nunes Smith, who grew up in St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands, she's not only helping run a federal task force on COVID vaccine. Uh, distribution, but she'll also be the first ever presidential advisor whose primary focus is on addressing racism and racial disparities in healthcare. Yes, yes. I, I, I noticed, you know, you were talking about there was a transition of the Twitter accounts, the social media accounts, if just only a few moments after uh, President Biden was sworn in. But I also went to the web page to see their different initiatives, and I did see equity was put on there like within, you know, that 10 minutes after he was sworn in. So he is really speaking volumes about the importance of equity. And and I think that, you know, I think that as we move forward, the country, just in general, in any type of structure, not only this on the federal level, but even in, and I would say in peer-reviewed publishing, many of you may not know that health affairs is actually now trying to advance equity 
we've always had equity, but we really want to take it to the next level. And so, you know, within the following weeks, with within the within the next month, you will see our rollout of of initiatives that we are using to advance equity within peer review publishing. And it'll be something, you know, we're trying to move that needle, share the as as people say, share the share the making sure that everyone is has to share power. Yeah, and and it sounds like such a promising initiative and I'm really excited to see how you move that work forward but you know just thinking about equity and thinking about representation and why it matters in just you know the most kind of a simplistic and you know uncomplicated way I think seeing people who represent diverse identities inspires other people to pursue these positions too and whether you're talking about academic publishing whether you're talking about government you know, especially I think we've seen these gains in terms of getting more women and people of color into political office, you know, and when Kamala Harris gave that speech alongside Joe Biden in Wilmington, Delaware, you know, she said she wanted to prove to all children watching that America is a country of possibilities. And I think what we're seeing, of course, is is incremental progress. And as we start to see more people of all identities ascend into these types of leadership roles, not only in government or in politics, I think it starts to disrupt the conventional thinking and the way we go about things and invites more people to be part of the decision-making process, which is really important. Yes. And and as research shows over and over again, diverse companies, diverse organizations actually have better outcomes and productivity levels because all different perspectives are represented across that to make sure that they're speaking to everyone and with everyone. Well, I think that does it for this week. Don't forget to rate the show, share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, babe. Thank you, Leslie. Have a great one.